This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. to what the hops brian here giving you that rare intro because savannah and i were out in lockport this past sunday for the 2020 brewers invitational we had a great time drinking some great beers from breweries all over western new york um, ranging from five and twenty out near the pennsylvania border all the way to brickyard brewing in uh Lewiston. We talked to plenty of breweries, including those two and almost everything in between, as well as people like Conehead, who happened to be there because the dude loves craft beer. Plus, he has a beer named after himself, so why the hell wouldn't I want to talk to him? Um, also on this episode, you can hear find out information from our friends Paul Marco and Brian Townsville about their trip to Belgium that they're putting on and how you can get involved in that and go along with them to drink some great Belgian beer because who doesn't want to go to Belgium? I mean, I know I do. I just want to say thank you again to everybody that took the time out of the craziness of the festival to talk to us about the beers that they brought, the beers that they're going to be making in the future, and you know, just having a few laughs with us. Um, I mean, this is just the beginning of festival season for the next couple of weeks in Western New York, too. Uh, February 1st is the Barrel Jam out at 42 North in East Aurora. There's going to be plenty of barrel-aged beer from local and national breweries at there, as well as music and plenty of other activities that's going on throughout the afternoon on February 1st. Right after that, on the 9th, is the Barley Wine Festival at Community Beer Works, where they are releasing bottles of their sticky toffee pudding barley wine and going to have plenty of local and national barley wines there for you to be able to taste plus you get a bowl of chili with your ticket too so why wouldn't you want to go grab some chili and barley wine after that the weekend after that the weekend after that we'll be recording at two festivals uh first up is the cast festival out at brickyard brewing company on february 15th where there's going to be plenty of cask beer to be had, as well as uh, curated taps from John Paul himself. So so be sure to go and check that out on Lewiston if you're free, because hell, man, cask beer in winter is, I think, I think that's the best time to drink it, you know? Then after that is the big one that uh, I know a lot of people in Western New York are waiting for, but we'll also be recording there. Uh, that is the Collaboration Fest that is being put on by uh, the Buffalo Beer Geeks, pretty much, um, with a little help from friend of the podcast, Eric Coleman. And, yeah, there's going to be a ton of crazy beers, a lot of adjuncts, a lot of heavy stouts, a lot of sours, and, hey, I know there's going to be at least one beer that's going to be full of glitter. So if you're a fan of uh, your crazy adjuncts and you're just a fan of some weird beers that you're probably never going to see brewed again unless uh, they really come out pretty great, then this festival is definitely for you. So be sure to go and check out the podcast notes for links to all these festivals and, uh, Get your tickets, and when you see us, say hi, because, you know, we'll give you a sticker or something. Plus, I mean, how don't you want to be on this podcast? As always, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at What the Hops, on Instagram at What the Hops Podcast, 
You can find Savannah at Lady of the Hops on Instagram. And yeah, go check us out and our friends at BigHeadsMedia.com and HoppedUpNetwork.com. So yeah, enjoy the episode. This is Brew Crime, a craft beer and true crime podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Beck. And I'm Nina. And we're your hosts. We pair a true crime story with a craft beer. That Nina will probably hate. Yeah, probably. Whatever. You can find our show on all your favorite podcast apps, and if you can't find it, contact us, and we'll try and change that. We can be found at brewcrime.com or on Twitter at brewcrime, on Facebook at brewcrime, or if you want to go to our group, it's group slash brewcrime on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pacific Beer Chat. Join us as we discuss the horrible crimes that surround us and try not to giggle. Welcome everybody to What the Hops. Brian and Savannah on location at the Brewers Invitational um, over at New York Beer Project. Uh, we're going to be talking to a lot of different breweries from the area. A lot of the, a lot of the same guys that uh, you've been hearing from over the past couple of years with us too. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of stories, plenty of laughs, and uh, I don't know. Get ready a lot for of get, re- get ready. <laughs> Get ready for a shit show, but I mean, if you're listening to this, you kind of already expected that anyhow, so. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I haven't even looked at the tap list of what people brought, so everything's going to be a surprise to me. I, I did. So. Um, there's some stuff we've definitely had before, some favorites from people like CBW that is on their regular menu, and then some places like Vintage who brought some new stuff, so it's kind of a mix of new and old, and uh, we're going to walk our way around and drink up. Yeah. So, let's see who we can find. We're here at uh, 12 Gates right now, and I'm standing here talking to Matt Gordon. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing wonderful. So what did you bring to this uh, fine little festival? Is it a festival, or is it because it's called an invitational, it's not an actual festival? I feel like it's one of the more fancier events of the Brewers you know, year. So it's like, it's, like a, it's like a fancy pants festival? It's definitely fancy pants. I mean, everybody's asked to bring the top-notch stuff that they got. You're actually wearing sleeves right now, too. So Yeah, and I keep forgetting. i got to remind myself for next year to not wear sleeves because it is so hot up here. But uh, I got with me Danger Zone Imperial Stout. It's a 9% stout. You get a lot of dark chocolate, toffee, coffee flavors and whatnot. It does not taste 9%, which is what something I've learned is like a skill of mine is that all my high ABV beers don't taste that, you know, high. Yeah, Danger Zone definitely is... Uh, it drinks like a six if i'm if i'm at the tap room i'm definitely going for a danger zone yeah it's very good i'm very happy with that beer the other beer i got is fire emoji new england ipa it's in cans and consumers um it is very citrusy uh it's actually only in cans right now at consumers that is the only place you can get it we ran out of it in the tap room we're out of cans we're out of draft um Super secret stuff, though. I'm actually I already brewed a second batch uh, of the fire emoji. Of the fire emoji. So that's coming back in uh, cans and a little bit more draft, and then it will be done for the year once that's run out. That's awesome. So very citrusy. It is delicious. Are you going to be doing? So now is this part of a little series? Yes. So planning. So on? we've got for 2020. We've got an emoji series going. Okay. So the first one is fire, and they're all going to be New England IPAs of differing, you know. ABVs and different hops. So the first one's fire. The next one, and you guys are getting the first dibs on this, so it feels special. The next I, uh, emoji I mean, series. Like... Nope, just you guys right now. He's, he's debuting it on uh, It's going to be lightning. It's going to be lightning emoji in cans. Lightning emoji. As of right now, my go-to for the hops is going to be 100% Aussie and New Zealand hops. Awesome. So that should be debuting in April. Cool. Yep. So the tea, I heard you wanted just to put one giant emoji versus how it is. I wanted one, True. yes, I wanted one life-size emoji. And uh, that way, if we wanted to do like a double fire emoji, we could put two fires. But I mean, the can looks pretty solid. I like how basic it looks. We're going to keep it rolling. 
I think it's one of those things where it's like if you're walking to the store, like you're looking to be like, wait, what is that? And like you're gonna pick up the can at least to like check it out. That's what it's all about. I told them for our marketing, I was like, it needs people need to pick the can up. That's half the battle. It's picking the can up. But then so, once you got in your hand, you're like, yeah, price point, everything else. Yeah, I'll get this shot. Exactly. So, so that's the go-to. I did see you guys also announced uh, Rock the Gates this year. Yes, Rock the Gates uh, first weekend in June. For that, it coincides with Memorial Day. So the weekend beforehand is Memorial Day, then it's Rock the Gates. So I'm trying to get a lot of our beers out for Memorial Day so you can enjoy them then. Or maybe do like a uh, limited amount of what you can get, maybe, something like that. Um, for 2020, you can expect from 12 Gates a hell of a lot of New England IPAs. We're trying to go like every other month of a new. You're just, just you're just flow, the it's juice be, flow. Yeah, it's gonna be a different canned New England IPA, a different draft New England IPA, and like quarterly, it's gonna be a double New England IPA as well, out and about. Awesome. On top of a lot of different sours. So that's what we're focusing on this year is New England IPAs and sours. Cool. Yep. I liked it. The Rusting Peach Face Sour was like one that really stood out. For, I drank a lot of it last summer. A lot of people did. That was a very good beer. I think I think we drank a lot of that at Borderland. I drank a lot of it at Borderland. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It's very also, sessionable. Also, you know, your, your marketing girls, Tessa and Nicole. Tessa, Tessa, Nicole. Tessa, Tessa and Nicole are throwing yep. some we're, beers we're at part, you. We're part of that. But they I were, also ordered it. Yeah, they were definitely killing it out there for us. It was nice. But, no, no, you have to paint a picture of our current situation. Like, the, the breweries that are in this corner here, I'm already dubbed, like, the shit, shit show. Yeah, corner. but you like, didn't walk over to the other corner. I just found, I just got some, uh, I got some mango brocco for J, from JP. I was about to say, JP and Carl are right next to us. Yeah, like, I was going to say. Like, two hours from now, I know where I'm coming back to, like, I can't do that tonight, though. Like, we'd abandoned late on Friday night. I, the Keenan Center Festival yesterday and that, like, I'm not young anymore. I can't so how, do how three was, days. How was that festival, actually? It was nice. What's nice about it, like, up there, it was a totally different crowd that you see at some of the other ones. So I got to talk to people that were just different from anybody else. Yeah, like, at the past couple of weeks, so between that and then the uh, Buffalo on Tap, I mean, you were, like, West Shore is basically exposed to a lot of yeah. people that probably don't even know it exists. You think a lot it, more, you know. So, like, how do you feel about that? It's a lot of it, it's it's nice. Yeah. Um, feels like the work's just coming together finally after like two plus years. But, yeah. You know, we went from like zero to sixty like that. It went from not being invited to anything to we signed on, we try it, and they're like, okay, you got this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. When are we getting this beer? We need this by this. this. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Like I brewed six times in the last eleven days. That's awesome. I'm very tired. <laughs> not to mention, on top of that, there's like two special beers coming out. Another special one for that. Uh, collaboration event. Yeah, why don't you talk about the uh, one that's coming out on the 8th? Oh, the Pineapple Upside Down Cake Sour. I'm excited. Dude, okay, so it had like 35 pounds of graham crackers in the mash. It smelled amazing in the brewery. Like, absolutely amazing. So we're just doing our kettle sour, but bigger. So the beer will finish, it's not going to be like a four and a half sour. It'll finish about a five and a half to six percent. So there's still going to be a, uh, they'll still chug really well. Can I send that to the lab and make sure? <laughs> that one actually you can. Started did the math on how much fruit's going in. It's about, just, just yeah, this isn't going to be like a 10%, that's 3.2. Okay. Um, but it's pineapple, guava, graham cracker, cinnamon, vanilla, and lactose. Love. Everything I what love. What about the cherry, man? I thought about that afterwards. And I think we're gonna muddle some cherries and put them in the glass as we serve it. Okay. That day. Okay. Which honestly, that day we will probably be serving in plastic because I have a feeling more people are gonna show up than I have glasses for. Yeah, parking. Parking's gonna be a shit show, man. I'm already working on that where people can park next door. Okay. I'm already. <laughs> good. Like, good. Parking is in the back. There's in the back, but yeah. they can park in the flea market parking lot you on think, Saturdays. You think the back is gonna fill up? Woo! That's a party. So here's the other thing that we're doing for that too. 
because we're just about getting ready to move where our house was into the back. I'm creating a chugging station for that day where I'm literally going to put a couple of high top cables with a drop cloth with a flamingo on it. And there may or may not be the debut of an FWO t-shirt. What, um, what time is this set event? Because you came over and I said, I have a thing, but I wasn't I, I was planning on releasing it at noon. Yeah, okay. Because I just think earlier in the day it's better. Perfect, I'll be there at noon. See you then. It's, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, so, so we decided to follow Matt over to 5 and 20 over here. So now we're over here and I'm drinking the uh, Commiseration Imperial Stout because this beer is fucking awesome. And I have to have it every single time that I see it at one of these festivals. So last year with this beer, I named it one of the top beers of 2018. 2018. Right? That was the first year it came out, right? Yep. This, this guy beer knows his years. This beer is fantastic. Love it. Yep. Granted, I got no love from him in that article, but that's fine. No? Well, you weren't making anything worth mentioning. So. Man. <laughs> Man. Well, you can edit that out, right? <laughs> Not at all. I'm staying in. <laughs> so, how have you guys been this year? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. Uh, starting off a couple more barrel projects. Getting into a little more canning. Um... Had a little transition with our distributor, so we're working through some of that, letting the dust settle, and uh, things should be good. Growing. Awesome. Yeah, and if people don't know, I mean, Five and Twenty, uh, they also do. They also have a distillery down there, and you guys do your own wine too. Yep. Yeah. Winery, distillery, and brewery, all under the New York Farm License, first in the state. Yeah. So. Even if you're not a beer fan, like you can get a little bit of everything like there. It's like like there's gonna be something for everyone out there. And also over the summer you had like a like a it was like a cornmeal line or a lime beer. The lime wheat, right? Lime wheat. Thank you. Uh, that was also like very again middle of the ground for people that maybe don't love beer, but uh, our take on a Rattler, 4% beer, you know, yeah. oh, yeah. carve it up really high. Super, food. super crushable for yeah, like a hot day. Our first ever canned beer. So that says something about that product. That's awesome. So with you guys being close enough to uh, Pennsylvania and stuff, you guys probably have a nice little, I guess, little little hold out in like probably like you know what that what is it northeast pa right there northeast yeah northeast that's where the main winery maza vineyard or northwest sorry yeah well it's actually northwest state but the town is called northeast so for all the listeners out there google it so that's so that's so that's a confused period of history as i understand it (laughs) but yes that's a so if you find yourself going northeast to go to northeast, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> Goddamn Quakers, man. <laughs> so we're like in the beginning of the year. What's 2020 looking looking like for you guys? Yeah, so we're going to be doing more IPAs. I think that's probably everyone's general answer. We're going to put more beer in cans. Uh, We're going to expand our barrel age program because we can. We have those barrels in-house. So we're hoping for a really good 2020. That's awesome. Getting a little more beer out in market. Yeah. A little more exposure. These events help. You know, we're at the opposite end of Western New York here. So. But yeah, we always see you, which is like a shame. Yeah. That means your your face is where it needs to be. You got to be out on the scene if you want people to know about you. Yeah, you guys, it seems like you guys never miss an event like this up this area. So I try like, not to. You know. And you know what qualifies it, too, is we had a woman come up here earlier, said she loved our beer, bought it down the road at the Blackboard, the market, farm market or whatever that is. And so, you know what I mean? It's just justification. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. So we are here with JP from Brickyard. What's up, bro? What up? How are you doing? Living the dream, how are you? You know, I'm in fucking Lockport right now, so. <laughs> we are Touché. in Touche. <laughs> so you uh, you guys brought some uh, some mango white bronco and what? Black lager? Black lager. That's what gets us off. 
Yeah. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants to brew the milkshake bullshit, fruited kettle, blah blah blah. Are you is calling it... Carl out right now? No, because Carl would love a fucking black lager. He, uh, no, but I'm saying Carl for the beer collaboration is yeah. brewing a we made him. We made him. IPA. Yeah, that, that's for the collaboration thing now. That doesn't really count. He's right. still got a lot to do with. That. I mean, it's going to be the best beer there, and we're going to win. Yeah. But not biased. Dude, we're I mean we're doing a 14.5% maple pecan French toast stout. So our our glitter beer is gonna be better than that. We'll see. <laughs> Real tea, this is how I feel about it. I love the idea of getting people out, educating them on the brewing process, creating something people that normally wouldn't have uh those connections to get in the brewery and do it. I hate that it's a competition because now you just turned it from a community learning education thing to everybody's gonna go for their friends in a popularity contest. And I hate that. I hate that. It takes it takes away from the community aspect, it takes away from the education portion, and it turns it into essentially a drinking festival and Everybody's gonna go for froth and they're gonna win and it's fine, it's whatever. And now we know why I love Savannah. Yeah, I mean it's just it's, it's, it's But that's exactly deal. that's exactly it though. Like why make it a competition? Because now like everybody's just kinda like, you know, invite their friends to fucking you know, vote for their beer. Right. Yeah. And if you're gonna do a competition, the competition should be judged blind. You know, Agreed. People Agreed. cannot set aside their preference. And you can't even do that. Like, even if you numbered them now, you've already uh, put out there into the world what each brewery is making. So even though it might be two milkshake IPAs, one's got lip, one doesn't. Okay, we know who is who, right? So, um, again, it's. <laughs> I agree. I just, I just don't think it should be competition. I think. And you I guys have no chance because everyone knows Carl's a dick, so they won't vote for him. <laughs> just kidding, Carl. I love you. I'm voting for the worst beer out of spite. That's what I'm gonna do. Whatever's absolute garbage. Which is going to be. No comment. <laughs> Rick or Greg. Yeah, people have already made up their minds. That's the point I'm trying to make. You know. So you guys got anything fun? I mean, obviously you got the Cast Festival coming up. Yeah, Cast Festival is going to be a fun day. We're doing double can release that day. Uh, Blep and flat brim hat. So that's going to be madness. And then the week after that, that's the week after the 20... Well, it's the 22nd, we're releasing uh, Bourbon Street. It's our uh, hurricane-inspired sour. So it's passion fruit, orange, cherry, and lime. Just in time for... Uh, Just in time for Mardi Gras Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Get your hey, drink uh, on. Are you canning that too or no? Yep. Awesome. That'll be our first sour in cans. So just real, like, can you recap the cask festival for anybody that doesn't know what's going on? Cask festival is all cask beer, except for a small tap takeover on the second floor. We're going to have six hand-picked beers. Other half. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to have, I think it's 16. It's also plus 15 other breweries. So other half, Fifth Frame, Thin Man, CBW, New York Beer Project. Buffalo Brewing okay. Company. Buffalo Brewing Company. Pressure Drop. Pressure Drop. Uh, West Shore. Yeah, pretty much. 42 North will be there. We'll be there too. Yeah. So last year Carl brought the Blackalicious. This year he has the rum barrel aged Blackalicious. So yeah. Yeah. This is where this is where the evening, the afternoon takes a turn right now. I feel. Yeah. yeah. It's not that high in ABB. It's only nine point like two, nine point three, something like that. That's true. But it does drink like way too smooth for what it is. So like all that spirit notes. It's so smooth. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. It's velvet. The, but the thing is though too, like this one when I had it at the release, like it sweetens up as it goes on. Like that this right. glass, like it just gets like sweeter and like like as it opens up it actually becomes more viscous, which is bizarre. Yeah. Most times these things open up they kinda tend to like hardwardy and dry out and crisp up. I wish you were over in what I'm dubbing shit show corner over there. It's probably better that you're not. 
What shit show quarters? With 12 gates, Holford Sward, Red Shore, and 5 and 20. Oh, so it's just like a big, huge fucking circle jerk? <laughs> it's like Paul, Paul fucking putting Josh's dick in his mouth, and Josh putting his dick in Brian's mouth, and yeah. And now putting everybody's dick in their mouth. This is, this episode will be entitled, All the Richards, Part 2. <laughs> Richards, or all the Richards, like, I'm not settling until there's a beer. I want to collab, you and JP collab. I'm, I'm not settling. Everybody's going to expect it to be Richards. some kind of adjunct yeah. thing. All right. I don't care what kind of beer. Can we put, I just want it to be called a bunch of Richards. Can we put every famous Richard we can think of on the can? Like no, I want, I just want eggplant emojis floating, so you're like this. Tick, 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 tick. We'll just do, like, a, it'll be like a Keith Haring pattern of dicks on yes. a pan. All right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Wait, what? Can we do Keith Haring eggplant emojis? I sent Savannah a dick pic. It was awesome. <laughs> Wait, is that no, her opinion or your yes, opinion? I did. No. Because when I send, when I, I do this thing where I send girls dick pics, it's But just, it's not your dick. It's Dick Van Dyke. Oh. Oh, I'm like, no, you definitely Clever girl. <laughs> Would you like? Yeah. I send Dick Van Dyke gifs to girls. <laughs> it's awesome because I walk in and work with him. He was like, he's sitting over in that corner. Wait, do people know who Dick Van Dyke is? Oh, yeah, still? no, it's still there. Wait, I'm sorry. I have That's the thing. Because I sent Dick pics to her a little older. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, because, like, the new generation probably has no idea who Dick Van Dyke is. You know? Like, I would like some, to say that they do. But I give I give a lot of credit to people who aren't that smart sometimes. <laughs> so currently I'm drinking a cherry crush from Sunnetier Brewing Company. And it's really kind of exactly that. Like it's almost like a it's like a borderline seltzer a little bit. It's very light. Very light. It's like a light Berliner. Yeah. I don't know, what what are they calling it? It's got to be a Berliner. Sour. But essentially, that's what it is. Right? Yeah, I mean, Berliners are basically session yeah, yeah. sours. How much? Four. Four. That's not like that. I'm so, happy when there's lighter beers. Yeah, great. We're currently standing here with beer aficionado, Paul Marco. <laughs> You'll have to explain to me what that word means. <laughs> I've had too many beers. No, I'm joking. I haven't even chugged anything yet. The great we saved that, we saved that for yesterday. <laughs> yes, we chugged a beer together last night, didn't we? We did. It was so cold it almost made my eyes pop out. <laughs> so, I blame Greg on that. <laughs> it's all Greg's fault. So this upcoming trip, I actually just found out I just found out a few days ago, actually. I knew the trip was existing. I mean, uh, the trip we're talking about, the Belgium trip that's happening, Buffalo Beer Geeks has been, uh, it's been posted a lot, so I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing that I didn't know, and this is to be honest, I did not know that you were personally being a tour guide for it. Oh. Which, and for me, for me and for probably a lot of people, that's a huge selling point because um, I've toured Europe with a tour guide before. I've done, I've done Spain and I've done France. And both those events were very costly to get a tour guide. Yeah. So to have a tour guide specific uh, that knows, I mean, you, you and I have sat down, we've yeah. had Shelton conversations. Yeah. And uh, Belgium discussion, Cantillon discussions, and uh, that's that's a big selling point. So can you tell us a little bit about the trip? Yeah, well, I mean, I got into craft beer through the Sheldon Brothers. I did, and I still do, but I did a lot more design work for them going back uh, 20 years now. And um, so my first trip to Belgium was with Dan and Will. Um, and and that was the education on that trip was unbelievable and not only learning about the beer and the culture the beer culture in, in Europe um, meeting the brewers meeting the owners of these breweries going to the right 
pubs, and, and and I say that for the right pubs because, and I, I say this all the time, the best beer in the world is in Belgium, and the worst beer in the world is in Belgium. <laughs> and the bars can be right next door to each other. And when you're there, it's very, if you're there for the first time, you can be fall in the tourist mode and you go to where the brighter lights are right and you follow some of the crowds and you realize now you're drinking the uh, I don't want to disparage any American beers here but you're, you're not drinking the quality craft beer that you would want to on a trip and if you have someone who knows where to go you can avoid all those pitfalls and you know, it's not all about beer either. You want to go to the see the cool places in town and culture. And your first, your first year, uh, what was the first trip you went when you? What year was it? We're I talking. Went in 2006. Okay. Um, and I've been four times. Yeah. And I've been through the doors at Candy on ten times on on various trips. So. But uh, 2006. I mean, the craft beer scene was very different. Uh, radically Belgium different. Beer, yeah. We, and we had this conversation before where you basically said people were walking into Cancio, grabbing a beer, tasting it, and then jumping yeah. it out. Yeah. You know, we're at a very yeah. different point I was at Oma Gang where that oh, happened. Okay. I was pouring for the Shelton Brothers, and we were at a beer, if you, most, many people have been at Belgian Cups of Cooperstown, right? Shelton Brothers were pouring bottles of Cantillon in the glasses at Omegay at Belgium PCDC. Imagine how hard that is, number one. Everybody's got their arm out with the glass. And yes, I watch numerous people spill out Cantillon Lambic like going, you just gave me a bad beer. And this was at Belgium comes to Cooperstown and people didn't even know. And that was that was in 2007. Um, that was the year after. And I, I just couldn't believe it because how do you not know Belgian beer by now? Beer but, that's, that's, but it also says that the beer culture has educated itself yes. somewhat. Oh, yeah. I mean, going, you know, what, 13 years ago. Yes. Now, like, people have a better understanding of what to expect out of beers out of Belgium. They certainly do. And when I was learning from the Sheltons, that was the one word they kept saying over and over and over again. It was education. We need to educate people on what this beer is and then you learn to appreciate what it is and you get the history and and then when you go there and that's what makes it puts it all together to right. go there and see where it's made and meet the brewers and that's why we're offering a discount for ECC Brewing, uh, Trocare Brewing Co. They, they, for their programs, uh, a couple beer of beer gosses, because uh, you're getting something more out of it, and you're going to be able to convey that to people who did go on the trip, and you'll have more knowledge and be able to convey that to the people that you're serving the beer to, or, you know, to have them join you on the next trip. Uh, so. Hey, Brian, can you introduce yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm Brian Townsell. I'm uh, the owner of uh, Happy Sherpa Travel. Uh, and uh, I decided that I get, well, I, I've been, I'm a certified Tesserone. Um, I'm uh, eventually going to be the assistant brewmaster at uh, at uh, Hofra House when we open uh, under Scott Schuler. Brian and I met because he's currently brewing with uh, Brian Kirchmeyer. My internship is with Ulfersward, yeah. So, which is educational in itself. Yeah. And, Always uh, wanting to learn more. Like, that's the best thing anybody can do which, for themselves. Which Ulfersward is one of the best breweries to kind of do that because the yeah. amount of styles yeah. that they do. I agree. Well, and also, it's not just IPAs or anything else. And like, it's not mechanized. So, actually, it, none of it is mechanized up until that last brew batch. So it's gonna be semi-mechanized after this, but you were doing everything by hand. So kudos to Bride. Kind of even like even from a front house perspective, I love that because there's so many things that can be automized with uh, or top of, yeah, uh, you know with with the brewing process. Even like from a front house perspective, you have people like I love Josh over at West Shore. His like even crawler system, it's so old school. It's, the most old-school beginner process, the fact, you know. the fact that we're calling a crawler system old-school right no, now is No, 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 I'm sorry, sorry. I'm just trying to, like... No, no, it's just, it's just funny. Because, it's, because, it's, updated, because it's updated so much. Yeah. I mean, you know? And, but I'm just and saying, he's going like, to a crawler system. I mean, he's 
I mean, it was, that was tough. Hey, that was, it's a difficult process. And my, my thing is, though, like, from Josh's that I've worked at multiple breweries, like, I have ones where you literally just, whoop, done. You know what I mean? Like, the process is so quick and so automated. And it's the same thing for Burbank. Like, Ulster Score specifically is a great place to start because they're still practicing so many Practical knowledge, actually. Practical knowledge, yeah. Great. Which is, yeah. you know, you you understand when you press that button. That's like, all right, that's saving me from having to break my back, bringing up the ward. You know, it's uh, it's it's an amazing thing. So, uh, so, so tell us more about this trip, then. When is it? What is it? What are we really actually talking about here? Uh, it's uh, May 12th to the 20th. Uh, we're going to spend four days in Bruges, three days in Brussels. Uh, we're doing a throughout the course of the uh, so it's basically eight days, seven days, seven nights, eight days. Um, we're doing a brewery tour of Flanders. Uh, we're visiting Over Vandergast and um, uh, Kevin Bre- yeah, Breed, which, which is basically plus load. And uh, that's our lunch. So you can pick up uh, West D12, West D8. Uh, and then we're going to either uh, Durant. Or how you pronounce it? Uh, Duranka, well, it's Belgium is a dual language country, so so a lot of pronunciations you'll hear said two different ways. The French will pronounce it one way, and uh, what I uh, say is the streets is the streets. Like, it's either Durank or Duranka, or the streets, the streets, the streets, or just <laughs> Anyway, we can go crazy on that, but right. um, um, the streets is close to diastole, uh, diacetyl. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's correct on that? You're the diastole. All right. I love like even like cantiole, like. Uh, <laughs> well, that's going forward. Um, after we do that day, uh, you get a day to yourself to go and kind of do whatever you want. I know we're thinking about going to Antwerp, and then the next day we're going again. Uh, we're going to visit Groot, uh, and the uh, and it's actually the uh, the Ghent Chapel or the Ghent Cathedral, and a walking tour of Ghent, and then kind of a day on your own. Then the next day is when we head to, to Brussels, to the and the, when we arrive in Brussels at the Grand Place or at the hotel, we go to the Grand Place and then we head to the festival. Uh, yeah, it's the weekend of spontaneous fermentation, and I've been to hundreds of beer festivals in my life, and hands down, this is the best event I've ever been at. It's low-key, there's no ticket price, you pay a small admission fee to get your tasting glass, and then you buy all the best Lambic in the world on draft and bottles and then the staff there comes out and offers aged bottles from their cellar so you can buy lambic that no one in the world literally can have it and it's like having shelton fast at your fingertips it's, it's it's almost even more rare but okay. that is a good way of saying it um but this thing is the best festival I've ever been at. It's just amazing. And there's representatives from all the Lambic makers in Belgium there. And, and you can, they seem to be very open and friendly and wedding to sit down and talk with you, especially if you're sampling one of their bottles. They see them lined up in front of you. And you meet people from all over the world. That's the other really cool thing. Um, and you make friends. Who have a common interest? It's just weird. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And mostly locals, which is a cool thing. So you kind of get a flavor of what what they like. And it's not just a trip with your friends. Like you can go with a group of people. That's great. But you're literally opening yourself up to like this whole culture of people that all share common interests, which is right. Exactly. And you bond really quickly. Yeah. And the other cool thing about this festival is it's every two years. So <laughs> it's not like, I mean, we there's all this talk about festival burnout. We're at a festival right now. Uh, so many festivals. Now, this one's every two years, which makes it even more 
rare and hard to be at and enjoy. And, and you'll be with people who've been there before. So at least one. Just a very simple. <laughs> simple. Hey, listen, it's, those details matter, though, because just knowing where to go and get shuttle buses and how to get back on the train. Which actually is half the fun. I mean, it's like an adventure. To, you get on a train in a foreign country. Or, yeah. You know, particularly awesome. like after you had a couple. I mean, it's an adventure. It's fun. Well, you know, it's like, you know, that's where your stories come from. There, I got to say one thing about that, because there are some... Um, well-known beer people in, in Buffalo who've gone on a Belgian trip, and they've gone on the, the, the train the, in the wrong direction. <laughs> You've been drinking all day, right? I mean, in fairness, I've done that in New York after a couple Was that of months. It's very easy to do. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. There's a lot of language issues, and yeah. it's very easy to do. So having people there to help you with that, maybe can help. Uh, you can allow yourself to uh, enjoy some of the, those parts of the trip yeah. and knowing that you got people that got your back. You know, I think that's really important. And Brian, the price point is yeah, really like, fantastic. Tell, tell us more what's the price, where we can find more price. information on this kind of stuff. Well, the reason why you come up with a price point is um, basically as a, I'm not a travel agent, but I have no experience with uh, doing group trips where we, we sought out and found the lowest, uh, the lowest airfare. Uh, setting up groups in, uh, in, in hotels and um, and our margins are very low because we want people to go and it's not to say that it's going to grow over time but it will um, but it's we're lucky enough that if you do it on your own you kind of realize that uh, you, you have room to grow and so uh, particularly on our first trips you want to make sure it's affordable people can go on it talk to other people and say they had a great time and that, that's kind of the key. You know, it's, uh, you do it a couple times, you're not necessarily worried about your bottom line too much. I mean, you don't obviously don't want to lose money, but uh, you want people to go and then they'll tell other people they should go and, and you have a business, so. Uh, I just mean, we, we had a conversation the other day about price point because there's some other Belgium trips happening in the area, and by far, the price point for your trip was Where can people find information on this? Well, you can go to happysherpatravel.com. Uh, we're on Instagram at Happy Sherpa. We're on Facebook, Happy Sherpa. Uh, Happy Sherpa Travel on both of them. Uh, so you can find us there. Uh, but the point being is when you do it on your own, when you know, you're a locally owned business and you, you, you kind of, I mean, I have almost no overhead because I do it out of my bedroom. Yeah. Uh, well, not my bedroom. There's another bedroom. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, I, it's, I do it on my own. And, yeah. and so I, the only worry and person I have to worry about is myself. And, and so, you know, and making sure that, that the right people are paid to do, you know, like uh, investing in, in Paul as a guide is, uh, I think, is a boon to me. And I'm glad I was able to set up a relationship based on his uh, relationship with the beer community in Buffalo. And I think going forward, uh, I did, like people are going to see the value in this trip. They're going to understand it. If you go with Paul, it's like you're going to get envy. You're going to get a great experience. And, uh, you know, it's it doesn't necessarily cost a ton. Uh, you won't have to break the bank to be able to do it. Uh, it's, all about, it's all about planning. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, just plan ahead. Yeah. I mean, uh, sometimes actually it means that we might be going someplace off-season, but a lot of times you get a better sense of the place when you're there when there's not a thousand other people in, in the same place you are. So, uh, so May, I mean, we might be doing stuff in December, uh, and there's value to that, too. I mean, it, there's always an upside when you're going to Europe where you're going to experience something you will never experience on, on this side of the pond. It sounds like a great event. I mean, I, I hope you guys end up with a really fantastic yeah, I'm glad you guys are going. That's the bottom. <laughs> the bottom line is, is for everyone to have so much fun that they tell all their friends to go. This is the best right. trip that we've we couldn't do. It's way above what we imagined. And then they tell two friends, and they tell two friends. Exactly. Like I said, even the, the personal tour guide, because like, you and I have had like 
like I said, those discussions, I know your stories, and that to me is, is more than enough. It's, it's that personal touch to this experience that you're not going to get if you go and pay for a trip on your own to Belgium and yeah. try to do it yourself. Absolutely. And exactly. that's what's important. Yeah, I mean, exactly. for me as a, as a beer consumer. Thanks a lot for uh, yeah. talking with us, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. 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 So we told you that we were coming down here, Mike. You did. And yeah, we got we do have the uh, the band playing right now, so he may drown this out. So let's see if this actually comes through. Oh, you missed the drunk dancing. Oh. Fucking great. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we're gonna see something. Oh, it's gonna be more. <laughs> oh my god. So we're a big ditch with. Uh, oh, just go back to like you know. High school dances? That's exactly what's going on. <laughs> We're a big ditch with Mike Jernak, one of the brewers over there. And, uh, yeah, what do you guys got here right now? We've got a sour peach IPA, which was originally brewed for a New Year's Eve party. I say, is this the 2020 Vision? Yeah. No, it's not the 2020 Vision. Okay. The 2020 Vision was brewed as a different batch for New Year's, but we did a production batch for that. This okay. is only a pilot batch. It lasted through New Year's, and we saved one keg for this event specifically. And our second beer is... Oh, no. Is that a second oh, beer? Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Time out. <laughs> what the fuck? Let's yeah, no, keep I'm, that in. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. I can do it. Oh, my God. Please keep it in. Okay. Our second beer is our chocolate cream porter with peanut butter in so, only six you're gonna see. Not doing it again in the near future. So, oh no, he's doing it again, guys. This is very nutty. So we're here at Elkaville Brewing Company. Why don't you state your name? My name is Emily Wadsworth, and I'm in this. I work in the cellar at Elkaville. Awesome. So you guys actually brought some pretty heavy-duty stuff yeah. with you today. We did. We did. When we were talking with Dan about the event, he said he wanted stuff that wasn't available. So we brought our bourbon barrel stout, uh, St. Jacob's, which, and not because I'm biased at all, is my favorite bourbon barrel stout. Um, so we have that almost year-round, actually, but you have to come down to the restaurant to get it. And then we have our Trippin' Bogs, which is a cranberry triple. It's about 9% alcohol, and it's it's big and boozy and Belgian, and there's a little bit of cranberry character to it. So. I'm taking a sip of that now, and that's that Belgian yeast definitely comes through, and the cranberries like are subtle fun there. It's there. It's like a little bit sour in a way that you might not expect, but it's really like it. Yeah. So this is your guys' time of year, really, if you think about it. Absolutely. Fucking ski season down there. <laughs> yes. You guys like this is where it's like all right. Everyone's been fairly excited that we've had a mild winter, except for us, because we really needed to snow. <laughs> we need people to come down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, this, this triple is phenomenal. Honestly, like, did you have part this one? So that is my brewing partner, Sven or Stevens, um, recipe. So I didn't, that was not my idea, that was totally Steve. But yes, I, you know, moved it around a little bit. I feel like you stuck, like, this is no diss on anybody else, but like, I feel like you stuck with this one because it's imperial and a Belgian trip. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Right. It kind of has, has like a barley wine that's 14% alcohol. That's not that's not actually not on tap. They're just it's walking not on. Oh. It's not on. You gotta you gotta be in the nerve to get a sip of that. I I he poured me like a fairly generous yeah. one. And it's and it's But that's the awesome part about it because obviously everybody in Princeton, New York, when you think of Elkinville, you think of blueberry wheat. Right. And 
so much more than that. And it's one of those things where a lot of people don't really get down there other than this time of year. So... And it's something that we're working on as a company, right? Like, Dan Mitter, the guy, my mentor, has been working at Elder Mill for 16 years. We're one of the oldest preppers in Western New York. And yes, Blueberry is a great brand. It, it does a lot of work for us, but it also finances a lot of really cool projects that people don't get to engage with because it doesn't go into distro because it's weird stuff like a cranberry triple that most stores won't put on. So like I would encourage, like if, if you think that Elegant Bill Brewing Company is just blueberry wheat, come down, come visit. And we have like 46 taps. And that's the too, like even summertime, like there's a lot of crazy stuff you can do down there that you don't need snow for. So Make a trip down to Elkinville, make a trip down to Springville, and just like get out there and like experience what like we really have in Western New York. Because like, I mean, honestly between you guys and Steelbound down there too. Yeah, Steelbound, I'm killing it. Yeah. Everything they make is amazing. Like we're very happy to have them in town with us. Yeah, because, because it's not really necessarily competition, no. it's more or less, hey, we're making ourselves a destination. Absolutely. And in my perspective with craft brewing, as it's gotten more and more congested, is a rising tide raises all ships. If you've got a brewery right next door to you that's killing it and making great beer, then that's bringing people to your neighborhood, and you now get the opportunity to put your beer in front of those consumers as well. So I think more, more people that love beer and are willing to spend their life working on it is a good thing. I agree. <laughs> I can't, I can't say it any better than that. So, I'm at Rusty Nicka right now, and uh, yeah, what'd you guys bring? Uh, so today we brought our Imperial Hefeweizen and our Kentucky Common. So, that means we got two Imperial Hefts and a Buffalo Festival, which is crazy to think about. seasonal beer every year, our mango Hefeweizen, um, and for the winter months we really wanted to take it to the next level. Uh, so we took that base recipe and we just amped it up a little bit, um, but I did uh, ferment it a little warmer so you get a lot of the banana flavor. Um, I know that Jean McCarthy's Imperial Hefe is really well balanced. Um, I find that a lot of times with people who are trying different styles that they've never had, that clove is a hit or miss. Um, and at the time, we didn't have a ton of fruit beer on tap, so I really wanted to push this um, more into the banana side so people were getting more of a fruit beer experience um, instead of that like spiciness from the clove. Um, yeah, and then I wanted to mix things up a little bit with the Kentucky Common. I saw the list. There's a lot of heavy hitters here. Um, and well, yeah, maybe because usually you guys bring Slice of Havens. We do usually bring so, Slice of Havens. Um, like, it's funny because like, I was just over at Thin Man and like you're like, okay, they're not bringing Mickey Boodle. Yeah. And like, I'm just picturing Rudy just being there and being like, fuck, I'm not bringing Mickey Boodle. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I We love Slaiso and we're really happy that it's super well received and that it's a beer that people enjoy and they really love. But um, I really wanted to take this opportunity and show people that we're more than just Slice of Havens and we have different varieties to offer and we can do strong beers really well and we can do not, uh, we can do styles that you don't find very often well um, too. So uh, I wanted to throw something a little bit lower ABV into the mix knowing that there were going to be a lot of heavy hitters here and something that a lot of people didn't, uh, weren't familiar with so that we could educate a little bit. Uh, I like expanding people's horizons. So. so when you're thinking about it, like with the uh, new location, yeah. are you guys going to start having Having, like specific beers for that location? Um, so right now we do the Mule Block Brown Ale which was made for the downtown location. We do offer it in West Seneca as well. Um, right now it's been so challenging keeping up with production because we are making all of the beer for both locations at West Seneca um, with limited equipment until we're, we're back into the mix with the new stuff. But um, I think down the road we will offer special beers at West Seneca um, and special beers at downtown. Um, but for right now, we're just trying to like maintain uh, products at both locations and 
it's been really challenging to keep up with. I mean, you walk into Rusty Nickel, and we, it's very common that we offer between 12 and 15 beers on tap. So we're trying to maintain a good selection, and we find that right now what's working for us is having whatever we have available at both locations. Um, a lot of people are just finding out about us with the downtown location. So the more beer we have down there, uh, the better, because we really want people to get the full experience. Yeah, and if people don't know, it's uh, 36 Broadway is the address, and you guys are generally open every day, I believe. Yeah, 36 is still figuring out a flow of hours. Um, they, I'm they, sure, like, come summertime and stuff, like... Yeah, summertime, they'll be open much more. Winter's a little bit weird. We're trying to follow the trends with the Sabres games and well, the football games and now, like, shows and stuff like that, so I'm trying to really follow when people are open, but... Um, or when there's things going on downtown. Uh, but in the summer, it'll be like full force open a lot more. So generally speaking, though, you can find us open between 12 and 8. And then Sunday brunch, too. Don't forget that. Yeah, Sunday we're doing a killer brunch menu for everyone that likes Slice of Havens. We're doing Slice of Waffles, uh, which have been going over really well. I mean, so. everybody everybody knows about the Bloody Marys. Oh, yeah, Sunday yeah, yeah. Brunch. Award-winning Bloody Marys are available at both locations. Uh, definitely pushing the envelope with that. But it's really great to be known for some good brunch and Bloody Marys and beer. So, so yeah, get out to Rusty Nickel. Both locations, too, because, I mean, the West Seneca location, like, it's a very, like, very rustic, homely location out there. And I do want to mention that we are farmed a pint, so um, even if you're not drinking beer, if you're drinking Bloody Marys, if you're eating breakfast, if you're drinking wine, um, everything we do is New York State driven, so you're putting back into New York State, which is... Um, something that we really pride ourselves on doing. So definitely worth noting for sure. And that's awesome. So, yeah, thanks. Cool. Yeah, Cheers. thank you. I appreciate I'm standing here with the one and only Conehead right now. So this uh, beer festival has been going on for a couple hours now. What have you enjoyed here so far? I Honestly, I think the best made beer here not necessarily my favorite, but the best made beer was the Black Delicious from uh, the Rum Barrel Age. Yes, uh, Black yes, Delicious from Pressure Drop. Just, just phenomenal. The Black Delicious was great. Yeah, it's a wonderful beer. Just the regular Black Delicious is amazing. Like, have you been to the Barrel Factory? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been to every brewery in Buffalo. <laughs> people don't know. People don't know. The general public doesn't know this, but I'm an original investor in Flying Bison. I so believe I, it, man. So I not only saw bad beer, I really like good beer. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, and, and Tim is definitely—he's uh, the godfather he, of beer. In he's Buffalo. paved the way for things like this. Yes, he is. You know, like. God bless Tim for doing the things that he's done, you know. But yeah, no, that's uh, the Black Witch has definitely been a great thing. Um, what so with uh, Resurgence doing the IPA after you? How do you feel about like that in general, really? Honest to God, I think Jeff Ware, without a doubt, is the smartest owner of a brewery in Buffalo. <laughs> and I used to tell Tim this, was put my name on a beer and people will buy it. <laughs> people know me. Seriously, people in Buffalo know me. And Jeff had enough common sense to do it. And the beer he made, all mosaic hops, you know, he let me have a say in, in what we I would say, I would say, so you, so you helped in like being like, hey, why don't you do this? I, I wanted a beer that I could sell at the ballpark around, you know, five and a half, five point six percent. I love Mosaic Hops. I love New England IPA, and he, he nailed, it. absolutely nailed it. It's a great beer. It is a great beer, if I say so myself. <laughs> so. We're getting out of the All-Star break for the Sabres. What do you think's gonna happen? And the typical Buffalo fan, I'm hoping. We got nine out of ten. We need to win minimum of seven. And drag one to overtime and get a point out of it. I'm just hoping. 
I think with uh, Eiffel playing the way he is, Reinhardt doing the things that he's doing, we can score some points as long as we can get some uh, backup for goaltending. Allmark is the key. Allmark is the key. Hopefully, hopefully this break kind of squared everything away and we can make a run. Yeah, well, what you got to remember about this Sabre season is it's kind of like the Bills season a year ago. This is the year that we get rid of all the bad contracts. So let's see what happens in the offseason. You know, hopefully we scrape it up to get together, you know, to get into the playoffs. But next year is the year that I think that, that we're looking at some success. All right, what do you think about the Bills? $90 million under the cap. A quarterback that represents Buffalo in the most positive way possible. This kid has it. This kid really has it. And get that number one receiver. That's the goal in the offseason. Get that one weapon. Try to keep things together. Brady's leaving New England, hopefully, or he retires. That's the biggest factor. What Brady decides to do, like if New England becomes a tire fire, which everybody's hoping, then, hey, there's a clear road to the to the division championship and, you know, just go from there. Honest to God, I think with the management that the Bills have in place, between Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, the sky's the limit. Next year is going to be next year because they have a really tough schedule next year with the NFC West and AFC West. That's going to be like, let's see what happens. I mean, you're playing, you're playing Seattle, you're playing San Francisco, you're playing the Rams, you're playing Kansas City, you're playing all like Rams ain't going to be that good. I mean, Rams are on the decline. I mean, but maybe, maybe this year was a down year. We don't know. They still got a young quarterback, too. So, but Seattle and San Francisco, they're going to be tough to beat. They will be tough to beat. I mean, Kansas, we got, we Kansas got City Seattle here. Seattle's probably going to be a Sunday night or a Monday that's, Probably a Monday night game. That's going to be the fun thing is there's going to be there's going to be a lot of nationally televised games this year, I feel. If, if you don't know this, I go to two or three Bills Road games a year. I, man, do I got my choice next year. I got Denver. I got I got Tennessee again. I love Nashville. Are you going to Vegas? Are you going to go to Vegas? I, the rumor is, you know, I, I, I go to Vegas. My, my daughter's a flight attendant for American Airlines. I travel to Vegas about 15 times a year. Not a big gambler. Uh, I will tell you this. I drink what I sell. Just so you know, I do drink what I sell. And uh, rumor is that the Bills are going to be the opening game there. That's the rumor in Vegas. So if the Bills are the opening game, that's a $10,000 ticket. That would be pretty awesome. I ain't going to that game. (laughs) That would be a pretty awesome game. I might go for the party, but I ain't going to the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That stadium, though, the show in that stadium, that stadium looks awesome. It's got a picture window onto the onto the 15 there. It is awesome. Well, thank you for your taking some time and talking to me. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, man. Cheers. So I'm standing at Lily Bell Meads. Oh. Brian, 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 Brian Kurtzmeyer doesn't want to be a part of this now. Yes, yes he does. We're going to bully him into it. Brian's tricking me. He's just trying to enjoy himself. Brian's tricking me and he wants to talk about he's me. Been a, he's been avoiding me all night. I... <laughs> Come on. So you're the only eatery here. We are, yes. I mean, Western New York only has what, like, how many meteries do we have? We have three. Three? Yeah. We have uh, we have us, we have Queen City Meadery in West Seneca, we have 810 Meat Works in Medina. Okay. You do have I always, some, I always forget about wineries that make meat too, but I mean, we're talking straight meteries, that's it. So, how's everything been going with the whole mead business? Uh, it's going well. I mean, we've, we've really... I was a, you know, uh, we, we both came, my wife and I are uh, owners, brewers, we came from home brewing backgrounds, 
I was more of a beer brewing background, so like we really kind of looked at uh, you know joining the, the beer community. We always seen the craft beer community as as the more adventurous style, like wanting to try new things. So that's why we that's why we're here. You know, it's like because these people here will try things new and are into different flavors. So in that sense, it's going amazing. Well, it's kind of funny too because like when you think of mead, like most people package mead with beer instead of with wine, even though it's more wine than beer. That, no, that depends, you know. I, I'll take umbrage with that myself, right? But like, um, mead traditionally, when you make a traditional mead, it's considered, this is my wife. You can, this you is can Trish. join in. Oh, she's coming in. We're gonna make her come in. Oh, she's, she's trying to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a traditional mead is like, they, people say honey wine, but actually when you look back through the research, Mead actually traditionally was done in a lower alcohol percentage because honey was hard to come by. We didn't have hives the way we have it now, where you can actually like take the frames and take the honey up. People had to go into really like feral beehives and get that honey. Yeah. That's With, not, that's without not, having any kind of protection right. or anything. That's else. not a pleasant process. So you would make that mead and then also fermentation practices back then weren't that great. So you would spice that mead and you would make with as little honey as you could because you had what you had. Yeah. So um, yeah, like people all, all often like to say, oh, it's a honey wine, but no, mead is actually very diverse, and we we try to accentuate that with our, our products. And this one that you just gave me, the barrel aged one. Yes. Like, it's not overly sweet. Right. Like, I feel like the barrel probably definitely like cuts that sweetness down. It, it cut it down by about uh, 25%, yes it did. And it's dangerous, man. It totally is. And that, now that one's, that's what we call a boche style mead. So that means we take the honey and we caramelize it. We, we basically burn it. Very dark to caramelize it. And that brings out, it takes all those flavors that come from the honey. Um, you know, bees are foraging on many different plants. It just reduces them down into a more, much more concentrated flavor. And then you get that. And then we uh, end up back sweetening a little bit with uh, some of that burnt honey, some wildflower honey as well. And then that will be put in a bourbon barrel too. So it just, really, even on its own, non-bourbon barrel age, that one takes on a very much uh, a sweet bourbon kind of flavor, toasted marshmallow. Put it in a bourbon barrel, thins it out a little bit, takes those flavors, ties them together just amazingly. And, and that's why we brought it. So, do you guys bottle anything yet, or? Oh yeah, very much so. That was not one of our bottles. <laughs> so, people could find you guys out in Lancaster, right in the basically the center of the village. That's correct. Yeah, we're right on West Main Street, 11 West Main Street, Lancaster, right in the, the central downtown village area, just down from the Opera House. Mainly at this point, we sell bottles, growler fills, and glass. We have a tasting room there, out of uh, at that location, but we are in the process of expanding our production. Our production capability has been expanded. We're in the process of uh, looking into more distribution. And so what does 2020 entail for you guys? Really that, I mean, it entails that, but we also Just really have- really kind of amping up the For sure, but we, we also have a brewery opening on site, which I'm part owner of with another guy. So they're two separate businesses, but we're gonna work in conjunction, making you know beers on site, uh, as well as meats continually, of course, but then also braggots, which are that mix of, of meat and beer as well, so. Which yeah. really, is, it's you really hard to come by. You don't really see too many braggots. Yeah. Well, cheers guys. Cheers, man. Thank you for doing what you do. No problem. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. Thank you. The show you just listened to is part of the Hopped Up Network. The Hopped Up Network is a growing family of craft beer podcasts in the United States and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts.